to Because and Effect, a podcast from the Winnipeg Foundation, where we talk to people about the causes that they care about and the effect that it's had on their lives. My name is Nolan Bicknell. Kai Madsen is celebrating quite a few milestones this year. It's been 50 years since he started volunteering with the Christmas Cheer Board, 25 years since he became their executive director, and the organization itself is celebrating its 100th year in operation. Kai and the over 5,000 volunteers annually have been such an incredible force in our city, bringing holiday cheer to underserved families for such a long time, and they are still going strong. It's actually quite amazing because uh, we, we have lots of people who as children were recipients and um, they come in and they say hi. And uh, in, in many cases, you know, they say, you know, Kai, if it hadn't been for the cheer board, we wouldn't have had a Christmas. I sat down with Kai Matson, executive director of the Christmas Cheer Board, to talk about a lifetime spent giving back, the personal value of volunteerism, and how the cheer board has affected thousands of Winnipeggers over the last century. Because we do the right thing, we do it well, and we should all be doing it. Welcome to the Because and Effect podcast. Kai Madsen, appreciate your time. Executive Director of Christmas Cheer Board here in, here in Winnipeg. Thank you for joining us. Well, I'm enjoying this so far. So far, so good. <laughs> yes. Well, let's keep that energy high for the right. conversation. Um, it's kind of crazy. This year is the 100th year for the organization. 1919, it started. Maybe just to start, what does is, what is that mean for the organization? 100 years of, of doing this great work here in Winnipeg. It means that we're very nimble on our feet, that's for sure, because... Uh, we, as I told you earlier, we uh, we don't have permanent facilities, so it means that we be sort of like nomadic folks, and uh, we move around as we need to, and so to maintain uh, the continuity and so on for a hundred years is really quite an achievement, and I credit the the volunteers because they're the folks that make it work. Well, you started as a volunteer fifty years ago yeah, too, I so did, yeah. what what was that evolution like over the last you know five decades it, of starting there? And it now? was really quite unique. Um, I uh, I ended up being mentored by a, a wonderful man. His name was David Reese, Reverend David Reese, and uh, I, we worked out of the Alexander Mission House up on Alexander Avenue, and uh, I, I don't know what the United Church had in mind with Dave Reese because he really didn't fit the typical picture of a, of a priest or a, a minister, and uh, so he and I delivered hampers. And I saw a whole different world. And David uh, made sure that I understood the the problems in our community and uh, how we can make a small difference. We we don't profess to solve, you know, the issues that we have. We're really just trying to make sure that people who are having difficulties, because quite often they feel like they're not part of something, and so. When we do our little thing at Christmas time, it sort of includes them and and makes them part of the community. And I think that's really important and really pays dividends down the road. Well, just that sense of belonging, right? Belonging exactly. to a community, for sure. Do you remember the first time that you handed out hampers and, and some of the reactions that you got? Oh, yes, yes. And, um, and also some of the, you know, after this length of time, it, they're, uh, I don't know whether I would say that they're, funny but they're somewhat humorous because we uh, we had to go and buy our turkeys back because uh, the father didn't make sure that the wife got the turkey and so he went to the pub and sold the turkey 
and we happened to be the, there, and we bought the turkey and then took it to the wife. Oh man! You know, but I mean, human nature is what it is, and uh, we didn't. We don't pass judgment. We uh, we're just there to try and help. So what are how how are the responses have how how have the responses been for the last fifty years of people when they when they get you know this little this little gift of charity this yeah. little act of kindness on an important oh, time of year? It's it's actually quite amazing because uh, we we have lots of people who as children were recipients and um, they come in and they say hi and uh, in in many cases you know they say you know Kai if it hadn't been for the cheer board we wouldn't have had a Christmas. And then, in most cases, they come in and give us a donation because they've gone on, gotten on with their life, and uh, the net result is that uh, things have proven good for a lot of them. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that moment of just having, um, you know, kids don't really understand a lot of the times what's going on behind the scenes. So, no. so it's very important for them to just get that sense of normalcy, or just you exactly. know, when they're going yeah. to school and yeah. they can talk to kids and like, yeah, I had a yeah. good, I had a good yeah. Christmas too. But, uh, you know, it it happens a lot. For sure. And, uh, and then the response on the other side, like we don't fundraise in the normal sense. We basically open the doors and uh, say, okay, we got to do this job. And if you want us to do the job, you have to support it. And uh, so we don't send out mailers. We don't solicit. We uh, we expect it's the organization belongs to all of us. So if you want us to do the job, it's really quite simplistic. You have to help and support it, and uh, then we'll do the job. Well, it's a great cause, and I think that's why people do support it year over year over year, right? Yeah. Like, it's just such yeah. a, it makes people feel good to, to it, it seems like a small thing for some, but it's so huge for the ones that exactly. are receiving, yeah. right? And then we we do some pretty neat stuff, too. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we get about half of our uh, things that go in the hampers uh, are donated, and then the other half we buy inevitably when when people donate well we'll say groceries they tend to focus on certain kinds of items for the hamper and there's this is a christmas hamper so we're going to have it you know it's got to be a christmas hamper not just a, a mac mac and cheese hamper you know that kind of thing and so we buy the things that we don't get enough through donations and the same thing with toys and people uh they're always keen to buy a toy for a cute, cuddly three-year-old little girl, and then the fourteen-year-old guy—not so much. Right. You know, it's it's a hard to buy, and uh, so we fill in those spots. So we've got a hundred years since the inception. We've got fifty years since you started, <laughs> and now twenty-five years of you being the executive director. Right. Walk me through how things have changed or has it not really changed it has it been the simple sort of mission continuing for all these years no no there has been changes uh, we are continually updating uh, and getting we have a, a home economist that gives her opinion on what we should be including and uh, and th there's a move towards healthier foods uh, very much so and we try to you know i mean it, we can't adhere to those rules rigidly because we just we'd be out of business for sure but we try to at least try to a certain degree adhere to those rules and uh, so there's some changes there this is something reasonably new i mean healthy foods 20 years ago didn't get the kind of publicity that it does now so you know in that sense we uh, we've had to adapt course technology has um, been part of it and uh, just to sort of give an illustration 
um, we uh, we built a new website, but we had a volunteer on uh, that worked in the warehouse, and he was up reasonably well up on building uh, websites. So he built one, and it, it was really very nice, but it didn't work on the mobile. Right. So you know when you when you wanted to find the tab, there was no tab until you scrolled across the bottom. I said, no, that's not good because. I got the stats back, and it said that about 70% of the connection was mobiles. Mm -hmm. And so we've had to adjust. And uh, But, you know, that's that's part of life. For sure. Part of the part of the story here is the volunteers. You mentioned it a couple times already. How vital. I think I read somewhere that like 5,000 volunteers are helping with, yeah. with yeah. packing and with deliveries and everything. Talk about that impact and and the sort of generosity that Winnipegers have embodied. Well, first of all, let, let me preface this by saying that Winnipeg is really quite unique um, and very special. I mean, we we just jump to attention anytime somebody needs help. And that makes that volunteer crew that we have to have easier to get mm. because we know that's what they're all about. And so... All we do is we don't even maintain a database of the volunteers. I find a warehouse, I open the doors, November 1, and then they just stream in. Wow. Yeah. And not all four or 5,000, but sure. uh, they just sort of arrive. And uh, many of them have been there a dozen or more years. So they, we're, we sort of find a comfortable pew as well because they tend to, go back to what they did the year before, which is great because now they know what they need to do. They know the timelines. They know all of the ins and outs and the problems and so on. So no training. You know, they just all arrive and away we go. That's pretty huge, yeah. Just that comfortable level of familiarity, I guess, would be yeah, pretty big. And, and the other thing, too, with, uh, with our volunteers, you have to remember that we have this really fantastic spot on the calendar, if you like, because... A lot of these folks are gardeners, they're golfers, they go south, and so on. So when October arrives, no more gardening, golfing is over, but they're not allowed to go south until they, the grandchildren or great-grandchildren. So here we have this two-month two window, you know, November and December. And so what do we do? Well, the cheer board's there, and we need them. For and, sure. Uh, so that makes it work. Where does your drive come from? Like, where has have you always been kind of this kind of a guy that volunteered and, and gave yeah, so much? Yeah, I've always been involved in my community. But I got transferred from Calgary to Winnipeg, and uh, I took over a district as district manager. And uh, you know, and I didn't know a single person in Winnipeg, not really? one person. This was in uh, the fall of nineteen. No, yeah, in the fall of nineteen seventy, I didn't know a single person. Now, if you're in a marketing company, and this was a large international company, and I was district manager, it doesn't work unless you get involved in your community. So one of my uh, my colleagues, um, through work, said, uh, he says, I'm, I'm kind of involved with this little organization. And uh, so I said, okay. And I went out to, to see the thing, and I, I kind of liked what I saw. And... Uh, just went from there. I delivered hampers for a number of years, and then they put me on the board of directors. And of course, because I'm not bashful, like 
probably expressing my opinions. So uh, then that just means you automatically get a point. And, you know, as soon as you express an opinion, bingo, you're done. Um, and then after that, the uh, the colleague he was president at the time, and uh, I didn't realize that he was planning retirement. And then all of a sudden, Kai, you're now moving into the presidential spot. And I said, okay. And so I did that for well almost 25 years, and then. The next 25 was as executive director. When Bertie Beckel retired, I retired from my job. They happened to coincide the same age. It wasn't planned that way. It just uh, it worked out that way. And so the board of directors, they, uh, we were kind of hunting around for, you know, for someone to take over from Bertie. And then somebody at one of the meetings said, uh, what are you doing now, Kai? And I said, well, I haven't really decided yet, you know. Well, why don't you do it? You're already, because I'd already been doing a lot of things in the background as president. And so it wasn't totally new. I wasn't going in blind. And uh, so the end result was, I said, yeah, on two conditions. As long as I have fun and as long as my health holds up, then you got me. And here we are. Well, you look great. It seemed to be well, fairly I, spry I, I, still. Yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm creeping up on 80. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So it's... Well, congratulations on 50 years. Congratulations on 25 years. Can you put into words sort of what you've gotten personally and emotionally from, from this job? Well, that's, it's easy on, in one sense that because of the longevity of uh, my involvement, um, it, it's part of my soul. You know, it, I mean, it's hard to separate Kai from the Christmas cheer board. And... Uh, and there's some good things about that, but also some bad things, um, because I'm I'm the face, and the advantage to that is that if I go and give a speech, I don't have to explain why I'm there. They know why I'm there. I'm there to ask for their help, whether it's money, groceries, what have you. Uh, a new person may not be easily sort of able to convey the reason for being there, and so uh, whoever takes over is. And, and I worry about this a little bit, you know. And but I'll stay on a little while, mentoring, and uh, make sure that uh, it doesn't flounder. There's something certainly inspirational about someone who walks the walk, and you're definitely walking the yeah, walk. Yeah. Do you have a succession plan? Like, do you have years in we mind? Do, or we do. Yeah. Um, but that's part of my concern is that uh, the lady is wonderful and has energy to burn and so on but some skills she doesn't have mm -hmm. and uh, so we'll have to make sure that we surround her with some people that can provide those skills and uh, you know i'm sort of a jack of all trades and um, that's great you know uh, but uh, not everybody has that and not a, and it's big shoes to fill regardless right well sure. exactly yeah. um what do you think it is about Winnipeg uniquely? Like you said, you came from Calgary. Have you noticed a difference in just sort of the type of person, or what? Like, what is it? I've always asked a lot of our guests on the podcast. Like, well, I'll be very frank. I um, I didn't like Calgary. Mm -hmm. um, love Winnipeg. I came before I was in Calgary. I was in Edmonton. Edmonton and Winnipeg are like two peas in a pod, and uh, so I'm really comfortable here. And the people are kind, generous, and uh, there are a lot of very, very wealthy people who we never hear about who support causes all over the place. And so if I run into uh, a 
huge problem. Um, there are places that will step up, step up and make sure that we manage. What are some of the surprises that you've had over the last 25, 50 years when it comes to, you know, that ask or, or that moment where you got to say, hey, can you help us out here? Have you ever been surprised in a way by people's responses? Oh, yes. How so? Yeah. Well, sometimes I, I, this is sort of a self-deprecating uh, kind of comment, but we, we as people we tend to sort of jump to conclusions sometimes. And um, I can recall I was working in the warehouse one evening, and um, and when the hampers are ready for delivery, they sit on the floor with names on them and, and which area of the city and so on, and then we deliver them. But there was a guy came in, and he was just kind of wandering around, and it was a very quiet evening, so there wasn't a lot of action there. And uh, and he looked he, he looked pretty rough, and uh, my immediate thought was, of course, he's looking for a hamper. First mistake. So I went over and I said, can I help you? And uh, he says, uh, yes, I'd like to make a donation. So that was the first mistake. But here again, we now leap again. And, and it's very, very common for humans to do this. What size donation are you going to get on this one? And it was quite a walk, so I had to think about it a little bit. So I, I sort of guesstimated it was going to be a $25 donation. And there's nothing wrong. Don't give me like this. No criticism meant by that. But it's natural. So I go go in and I sit down and I get out the receipt book and so on. And I say, how much? And he says, $1,000. Second mistake. And then I said, wow, that's very generous. And again, he then said that as a child, he, re he was a recipient of a hamper. And he says, I've done okay in life. I'm not rich, he says, but I'm okay. And so I'm just paying back. And, you know, those those things happen all the time. And then people come in and, you know, make a donation of $25,000 and things of that nature. Well, I, that just blows me away. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then they, they don't want recognition. You know, I said, can, I, can we take a picture? No, 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 no. And uh, I also, and, and it doesn't really surprise me, we have a policy where we don't solicit. You know, we're, and I don't, I don't want to sound like we're uppity, because we're not. We're so down to earth, it's pathetic. But we get letters from people saying, thank you for not bombarding us with letters and, you know, asking for money and so on. We don't do any of that. So... We don't spend money on raising money. And that can be an extremely expensive process. Yeah. And so uh, we operate on a margin that, um, you know, as a foundation here, you you can buy into this one easily. Revenue Canada sort of says it should be a 20, 80, you know, 20% and 80% toward the project. We operate at 4.5% and the rest into the project. Wow. But in fairness to other charities, because we're only here for two months, Mm -hmm. I can go out and I can get five trucks, no charge. I can get a reefer for the turkey, no charge. Right. I can get a building for no charge because it's only two months. Mm -hmm. If I had to do that for 12 months, the whole structure would change. And uh, obviously the cost of operating would go mm -hmm. up accordingly. So 
what do people say to you or what have you seen firsthand when, when you see people coming back, giving back? Sometimes it's a cyclical sort of they've received and now they're coming back. How is the volunteer experience for the Christmas cheer board? Like what do people get out of that? Well, they've become a big, big family. You know, I mean, um, a sense of belonging is not just for the people receiving the hampers. Lots, we have lots of seniors that, um, because they have the time to devote to this. And sometimes seniors become a little bit detached. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it, the family has just kind of grown and grown and grown and grown. And they can't wait to get there. And uh, that makes it really easy for my, on my part to make the place run. And uh, they still pay attention to what I tell them to. And so they, uh, you know, I'm in good shape. Yeah, so that sense of belonging isn't just for people who are receiving, but also no, for giving. No, yeah. it's a two-way street. That's yeah. beautiful. And, uh, and then, of course, we, uh, our process of packing the hampers is actually done by school kids. Mm. Um, and that's really to provide an opportunity for the kids to, with real hands-on experience as to what, what happens. And uh, some of those kids that come in are kids from schools where they'll be receiving that hamper. Right. Not necessarily that yep. one per se, but uh, they will be receiving a hamper. So, the, I mean, nothing against sending kids out to pick up trash and, mm -hmm. and so on, but this really hits home. And, uh, you know, even, even the kids that come in to deliver hampers, within the, many families have now set it up as a tradition mm -hmm. that mom and dad and their kids come and deliver hampers at the Christ Church. Christmas cheer board. That's become so much of a tradition that on a couple of occasions where we've actually not had hampers ready to go out. Now more are coming in all the time, but we didn't have them ready and it takes a little while to prep. Um, the kids end up crying. And, oh, wow. They're so hyped about the uh, the process of delivering hampers. I, that's a fairly pivotal pivotal moment in a lot of young boys and girls' lives when you realize it kind of bursts the bubble of, of, of safety and familiarity and yeah. understanding that uh, yeah. everyone has what, you, you assume that everyone has what you have yeah. a lot of times, but when you finally exactly. see yeah. the opposite. Was there ever a moment for you that when you were a young man when you thought like, oh, geez, there's, there's people who really need help out there? Oh, yes, yeah. uh, because when I first came to Canada, um, I ended up attending a, a really tough school in Ca Calgary. My first spot in Canada was in Calgary, and I ended up going to a school that's no longer there called James Short School, elementary school. And what made it tough, exactly? Just kind of nuns hitting you on the wrist? No, and no, stuff, no. This not? was a public school, but the, the students... Gotcha. They were gangs, and, and you know... And I wasn't exposed to that because I came from sort of upper middle middle class in Europe, and uh, so and, you know I got beat up a couple of times in early going. But down where my parents had rented this little, little well, I, I'm being generous by calling it an apartment. But anyways, you know we we didn't have much, and uh, the. Uh, I, I'm from Denmark, and Denmark had currency restrictions, so uh, we were only, legally, we were only allowed to bring $50 per person to start a brand new life. This was because the dollars were the, you know, they rule the world. So if you take 
Danish money out of the country, it gets converted to dollars, and that goes against the, the reserves that Denmark has, and huh. boom, you know. So we had currency restrictions. So we did have more than that, but my dad did that on the black market, and uh, wow. that's what you had to do in those days. For sure. uh, but I mean, Canada, um, I saw these kids at James Sword School, and they were poor. I mean, they really were poor. And had it not been for the gypsy kids, because it was a large community of gypsy kids, and they had taken me under their wing, I'd have probably been beaten up a lot more times, because those kids are tough. And they decided that this poor little kid from Denmark should be looked after, and uh, I never had any problems after that. Wow. Yeah, so. Incredible. So when you see kids now with the you know their faces lit up, how does it make you feel? Well, I always feel good. And uh, any time that uh, we can... Uh, sort of close contact. I don't deliver hampers anymore, but uh, I'm getting too old for that. And uh, so, yeah, I don't have the same opportunity, but the kids come in and make donations, so uh, I see the response that they uh, they have on their faces when they come in, and you know, they see all these, I mean, we've got boxes and boxes. We have 30,000 square feet of boxes with groceries and gifts, and all gifts are wrapped. So. It's very Christmassy, and uh, yeah, it's it's a fun place to be. So, has the, talk about the scale from fifty years ago till now. Did you understand <laughs> how big it could grow? Did you always want to keep yeah. keep it going? Yeah. Well, when I first started, I think we did around forty five hundred hampers, and last year we did just a little over seventeen thousand. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. A lot of turkeys. No kidding. And we buy all the turkeys. We don't take donations of turkeys. And uh, that's because the product has to be looked after properly. Um, so, yeah, a big change there. But it has been higher. Um, and I'm not sure what, where I should give the credit, whether we've been better at changing things. But I think we have. Because the number of, like, we may not necessarily, in a specific geographic area, have less children living in poverty, but overall, I think we have less. Right. At least that's the statistics I see. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, I think we are getting better, and it, it has leveled off. We we don't see much of a fluctuation. And I mean, realistically, you're you're never going to get rid of the need. It's always going to be there unfortunate as that may be but uh, they're always going to be there mm -hmm. yeah. so things must be ramping up right now for you thank you for coming down here and, and no, chatting with us yeah. um do you need more help right now how can we talk to people no. where can people find more information like where are well, we at right there's now there's a website okay. which is .ca, and it's uh, as i said new smooth running and very nice and uh, it was done by a company called Visual Lizard. Nice. And, uh, they're very good. And so mobile even works, I'm sure, now with oh, everything? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Without having to scroll left across and right. the bottom. So what, what specific donations are you are? Is there anything that well, you're I in need of? Well, I think at this point, um, money is, is really the primary uh, because we have to raise approximately $800,000. And that covers the part that we buy. Mm. So we get roughly a million dollars in donated product. And then we get we have to raise eight hundred. You know the turkey bill is like one hundred and fifty or two hundred thousand, 
alone. So uh, yeah. a lot of turkey. A lot of turkey. So and, I know that the Radiothon is coming up December sixth and seventh, and yeah. the teddy bear tosses at the Moose and Jets games. Do yeah. you have the dates for those? No, I not don't. off the top of your head. No. But we can go to the website and find yes. that out. Okay, yeah. awesome. It'll be on the, in, on the event page. Fantastic. So at the end of our time together, I asked the same seven questions. We call it the just because segment where it's the same seven questions for everyone. I don't want you to think too much, but just pop it off. Okay. You're okay Fire to do away. that? Okay, great. Question one. What is the very first cause you even remember caring about? Hmm. Well, I know. Cinnamon Curling Club. Were you a curler growing up? Yeah. yeah. And I had just come to Winnipeg and got involved immediately, and then it burned down. Really? Yeah. So we took on the task ourselves and became our own general contractor in order to uh, make the dollars go far enough. And um, we did. And we went from a four sheet to an eight sheet and with 150 grand. Holy, that seems modest. It is very modest. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, very, very modest. And that included club rooms, um, partial new plant, freezing plant. Uh, Yeah, we, we did okay. Speaks to the ability of people to come together for a common cause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome. And then uh, I also had the, uh, I was also a golfer, and so I had the honor of uh, building a golf course, expanding an existing one from nine to eighteen, and this was in Carmen. So if you're a golfer, I was president when we expanded to eighteen holes. Very cool. Yeah, it is. That's yeah. awesome. And uh, again, it was done on the cheap. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be a theme. Yeah, you know, yes. Let's get things yeah. done for as, re- as, done. as yeah. efficiently as possible. Yeah. Well, this kind of leads into question two. So if money, politics, and logistics were no issue at all, what's the first thing you would do in support of the Christmas cheer board? What, what, what's your kind of pipe dream or wish that you would do? I'd like to have a small warehouse. Like a permanent one, I guess, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, because we we accumulate all kinds of things, and, and they mo- it may look like trash, really, but it's not. It serves... A very useful purpose, and uh, when we leave this location, we have no place to put it. So I'd like to have, you know, a five thousand square foot building where I know we can have thing, a place to put things. Yeah, that'd make yeah. a big difference. The big, like the big warehouse that we operate from, requires thirty thousand square feet, and logistically, that that's not in the cards. It's way too expensive. For sure. Uh, question three, what's the biggest misunderstanding or stigma about the cause, about the cheer board? And, and the... Well, <laughs> this is always a touchy subject. I have people that go out and deliver hampers, and, uh, and I caution them when they, when they go out. I said, some of the folks that we help um, lack people skills, so don't expect them to say thank you and bow and scrape. That's not the reason you're there. You're there because it's the right thing to do. And then, so don't start play, playing social worker. We do the screening in the, in the office. You deliver. If it's so blatantly bad, don't deliver the hamper. But if you already got it out of your car, don't take and put it back in the car. But deliver the hamper and then come and tell us about it. But don't get into uh, trying to be a social worker. Yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, you know, people who deliver, they, they, they look at, the superficial aspects. And, and you can't tell what's behind that closed door. You can see that snowmobile sitting in the front driveway and maybe a fancy half-ton and so on, but there may not be any food in the fridge. We know, but they can't see that. 
and we're not about to tell them you know that that's what we do mm -hmm. so but we're kind and gentle we don't have a hard and fast cutoff because unfortunately sometimes adults make poor decisions which would then hurt the kids and that's not what we want to have happen yeah it speaks to it speaks to the you know quiet poverty you know not all poverty looks the same yeah. or it's not as stereotypical as no, one no. might think and then we also look after uh, i wouldn't say a lot but quite a, quite a number of seniors and uh, that's one of my pet peeves i've seen some awful things mm -hmm. um you know elder abuse um living in a single room with a, a light bulb that's covered in plushies and uh, cooking their own meal, they can't walk. The pot, or the potty is underneath the bed. Mm -hmm. Oh, some awful stuff. Yeah, that's one thing I am envious of other cultures of their reverence of the elders, and exactly, I feel like yeah. here it's not as. But it's I not where it needs to be. other cultures, though, it still happens. For sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Maybe not to the same extent, but I think it still happens. Definitely. You know, so. Well, question four, what's a time in your life, I'm assuming there have been many, where you've had to pivot because a plan plan A didn't work out, so you had to go to plan B? Oh, this happened so many times that uh, I can remember one time we had, uh, yeah, we had a huge deficit. And uh, we'd had some, uh, we'd had some radio, Radiothon uh, with CKY and, and so, and uh, so I was moaning and groaning that, and you know I, I can't go to a bank, and say you know if I'm short a hundred thousand dollars can you uh, can you lend it to me uh, how are you going to pay it back, it doesn't work that way, so these two guys from uh, CKY, don't worry about it Kai we'll raise the money, then they set up a little table. And they're very outgoing guys, and, and you know the radio type, and mm -hmm. so on. And, and no offense on that. Either. No, that's okay. And uh, super hyper, and, and so on, and happy-go-lucky. They raised it. Wow. They, they stayed there for about five days, broadcast from in the morning till the evening, you know, with cut-ins for uh, the news market and so on. And they raised the money. I said, "Wow, this is neat stuff." And they, you know, there's been other occasions similar to that. And, uh, but there's always, there's always someone. That's one of the best parts of being at the Winnipeg Foundation is meeting, you know, people like you, people like anyone who just want to get out there and help. And yeah. like those two gentlemen who are like, you know what, we got this. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool when someone it steps is. up and surprises you like that, right? Well, I, I mean, I was blown away because when they first brought me into this discussion, I said, no, you guys can't do that. And of course, that's all I needed to say. You want to make a bet? <laughs> and uh, so we went. But, uh, and, and, I mean, there are many, many other instances, really sad ones, you know, where we've had, um, we've had um, people go to deliver hampers and then find that uh, there are small children at home without, without adult supervision, and then we have to get... Um, Social services involved, and uh, those part of it. Ups and downs, I guess, every year, right? Yeah, it's, uh, that's what it's all about. Question five: What is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? <laughs> I actually had been thinking about that one because I heard a quote by Warren Buffett, 
and he says, always surround yourself with people smarter than you. And then, of course, I become flippant. And I'm, when I'm with my friends, I said, I'm still looking. Nice. <laughs> my favorite version of that is if you're the if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. <laughs> yeah, that's a sad too. Question six: What advice would you give your ten year old self if you could talk to him right now? Be kind. Um, always be prepared to walk in the other person's shoes, and uh, always make sure that you strive to do the very best. And, and I don't say that this isn't good enough. Just do your best. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've got kids, and that's what I've taught them. Empathy is so important in today's world, for sure. Yeah. yeah. A couple of them aren't uh, paying enough attention. Uh, as kids do, right? Well, and they're in their 40s now. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the, I think the die has set. Well, leading by example is the best you can do. Yeah, right? that's all. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Although you can harp and, and so on, but it, it doesn't work very well. <laughs> As my mom would <laughs> attest to, for sure. Yeah. Last question. Thank you very much for, for your time and energy and coming on down here. Um, last question. What do you want to be remembered for? Uh, that's not really important here. Why? Like my wife, because of my age, you know, my wife says, why do you got to have have a big wedding or a funeral. Yes. No, no, no. It's just put the ashes, spread them in the backyard on the acreage, and that'll be good enough. She says, no, no, no. Because I know so many people. And the network that, you know, that I've built, built up over 50 years is phenomenal. I mean, it, it's if I go and pay for something, I get help. It's really that simple. Uh, so, but to be remembered, no, it's not not really something that uh, I clamor for. I guess you can't control it, right? So, well, I mean, that's like when I was uh, given an award the other day, um, Lieutenant Governor's house, and I said to Gary Filman, was it? And uh, I said, you know, Gary. This is not me. I said, I'd rather have somebody give me heck than give me a pat on the back. Because the heck I can do something about. The pat on the back, I don't know what the hell. I'll turn red in the face and that's it. I think that's not yeah. an uncommon uh, sentiment. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll just have to go along, I guess. Oh. And I've had more of that, those embarrassing moments this year because of the hundreds and also the 50. And so... I'm really very low profile most of the time. I mean, I'm always out there, but that's purely and simply to make sure that I get the volunteers and I get the money and so on. Um, I'm not out there looking for accolades and you know, that kind of stuff. So, anyways, no, not really me. Well, thank you for your time. Oh, you're this has welcome. been great. Good yeah. luck with everything this year. Uh, hopefully, everything goes smoothly as it can. And, I'm sure uh, it will. And yeah. we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. And if you're out and about, you're always welcome to stop in and have a peek. And uh, if you want a camera or bring a camera, by all means, you can do that. Great. And just so that you know, the school kids come as two groups, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. All the kids are signed off, authorized to be on camera. Cool. 
So you don't even have to ask permission. Very cool. You can just roll in, say hi, guy, and then go down to the production line and awesome. get what you need. That's fantastic. Okay, great. Well, thank you for your time here. Appreciate your time on the podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you again to Kai Madsen for coming down to the our studios for the podcast. It was wonderful to hear him talk and hear him talk about his career and you know 50 years is a very long time with any organization so it's pretty cool that he has that perspective and he's just such an incredible force in our city and a wonderful a wonderful addition to winnipeg for sure if you enjoyed the conversation please subscribe to the podcast we're getting close to the end of season two and uh, it's really great if you could subscribe on whatever platform you happen to listen to be it spotify itunes anywhere you get your podcast. So thank you so much for listening and thank you for so much for subscribing. All music on the Because and Effect podcast is produced and composed by Trenton Burton. You can hear his music at trentonburton.com. He has a new song out right now and is releasing new music as we speak. So if you go to trentonburton.com, you can listen to that. Special thank you to Sonny Permola, Robert Zirk, and Jeremy Morantz for all your production assistance on the show and to Bertine Schmitz for helping marketing the podcast. I greatly appreciate all of you. You can also listen to Because Radio every Thursday at noon on 93.7 CJNU if you're in uh, Winnipeg or you can listen to the podcast on becauseradio.org Because in Effect is a podcast of the Winnipeg Foundation. You can follow everything the Foundation is up to by searching at WPGFDN on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and Facebook and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nolan Bicknell That's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening and remember, as you grow older you will discover that you have two hands one for helping yourself and the other for helping others. Thanks. Bye-bye.